All right, it's time for stories that are made up with your host, Dad. So sit back and let's get to the story. Welcome back to episode number five, The Rise to Godfather, part three, Power. After returning home for two weeks, me and the crew were on high alert watching out for anything. I am waiting for the Chicago boss to retaliate and I have not yet heard a word from Tommy, but up to now, nothing's happened. So far, so good, I see it. T-Bone and the crew kept working on the election strategy. While they worked on that, I had placed a couple phone calls to quietly find out what Chicago might be up to and if I'm going to be expecting in retaliation anytime soon. And I try to keep it all quiet so the bosses of Chicago don't find out. One morning, I received a phone call from the boss of the Colombo family of New York. He requested me to meet him in Kansas City to have a sit down and once again he requested I come alone. I hesitated a moment then I agreed to meet. I know it doesn't seem to be the smart idea to do but something in his voice is telling me he has something for me. This may be in my favor to go see this guy. So I let T-Bone and the crew know I would be out of town to take a meeting with the Colombo boss. They didn't like it. They gave me every reason not to go. But I told them I have to do this and I need to do this. Because I believe I'm going to come out on the top of this. I told the guys just to keep on going with our election plan. I then placed a call to Winky and Bear and used a I owe you one favor they had owed me to have the guys in Kansas City that are associated with them help me and assist me in things. We set up a meeting place so I can fill them in on what's needed. Then I packed a bag, got into the car, and headed to Kansas City. While driving, I could not for the life of me figure out what he could need. What is this boss wanting from me? The underworld is being turned upside down with that RICO and the government takedown with the help of the big mouth Sammy asshole. I don't know. This whole thing is just weird. But I just kept on driving. Finally, after hours of driving, I did arrive in Kansas City. When I made my way to the hotel, getting to the hotel, I checked in and went up to my room. After in my room about 20 minutes, the associates had arrived. I let them in, and then I had info for them that I needed an important meeting to go to. I didn't go into a great detail about who the person was I was having a meeting with, just that I needed someone to watch my back for me, because this was not a straightforward issue. The meeting is to take place in the barbecue shack. They looked at me and smiled and informed me the barbecue shack is in their area and they will post up outside and inside. No one will be the wiser. I have locals with me so I plan is in place. With everything ready, I head to the meeting with the Colombo boss. Pulling in, I can see everyone is in place. I parked and headed on in. The place is packed, but I see he had a table in the back corner of the barbecue shack. I made my way to the table, and as I approached, he stood up, we shook hands, and exchanged greetings, and then sat down. We made some small talk and placed orders with the waitress, and then he got to what he wanted. He let me in 
that the problem between him and the new acting boss of the Bonanno family. The acting boss started moving in on the Colombo boss's territory and interfering in his businesses, disrupting his family. Now, before he could continue, I asked him, why didn't he take this problem to the commission? His excuse was that the commission was still in disarray from the big government takedown of the organized crime. He said that some organizations are still fighting it out for control. There is still a lot of problems with this whole thing. There is absolutely no trust between any of them. Listening to him, I could tell he really has no trust in it right now. So I told him to go ahead and fill me in on what he wanted to do. The way the Colombo boss explained it was that acting boss of the Bonanno family had taken a position that could confirm or deny that he was the choice of the actual boss. There was a lot of controversy around it. So he wanted me to do is get the guy out of the way. He just didn't know how to go about it. I asked a few questions on the issue. I was seeing if this acting boss was to be taken out. If so, who and what repercussions may come from all of this? I need a insider that's unhappy with the organization and with this acting boss to find a way to get to him. I asked the Colombo boss if there was anyone I could talk to for some information. He sat back in his seat and thought for a moment, then told me he got a nephew that knows a guy in one of the Bonanno's crew, a May guy, but not a capo, just a soldier. I told the Colombo boss that would be perfect, and if I do this right, I can bait the guy in and he'll never know what he's done by telling me everything I need to know, if I do it right. I then pressed the Colombo boss on what he expects to happen after the acting boss is gone. He looked at me and said, I'm not to worry about it. That if I pull this off for him, I will be protected and will be compensated. I like the sound of it, but this is no small task. One fuck up, a war can break out among all the families and organizations. Now I'm sitting trying to see how this whole thing doesn't blow up in my face. I feel like I'm being left out there to just like a sacrificial lamb. You know, he's looking at me, waiting for me to answer, as I'm thinking. I then answer with the dread coming over me. I'll do it. Now I know I am certifiably nuts now. I gotta be out of my mind. What am I thinking? Well, he thanks me and gives me a number for his nephew and a contact to him now. I got up and I left to head back to the hotel. After getting back to the hotel, I thanked Winky's associates and went on to the room. I got in the room and went over to the bed. I needed to lie down and think this one over more. Oh. I had fell asleep and after several hours I woke with the answer to this situation. I packed up my stuff and I headed back. On the way back, as I got closer to home, I decided to bypass Chicago and go around it to get home. It makes me feel a little bit safer seeing I'm about to become the most wanted dead guy real soon, even more than I have been. So I took a little longer to get home. As I get home, 
and go inside, there is T-Bone and the gang waiting to see me and get some info. So I grabbed a stiff drink, sat down, and told them about the New York problem and that I am going to take care of it. They all objected at once, like I knew they would. I told them that I needed to make a couple of calls, then I will let them know what's going to go down. So I placed the call to the nephew to get the ball rolling. The nephew filled me in on who the guy in the Bonanno family was, how he's connected, and that he can set up a meeting with him for me. The guy, though, will not meet me unless the nephew's there. So I agreed to it, and the nephew goes ahead and gets the meeting set up. See, the meeting was set up to meet in a small town in Michigan. Now, I'm not taking any chances. I sent the twins to the small town to case it out and make sure it's not a setup. Now, with security in place, I left for the meeting. The meeting place is a small mom-pop restaurant. As I get into town, the twins meet me at the gas station in the beginning of the town. I pulled up on the other side of the pump from the twins, so nobody would suspect us being together. As we pump gas, Stan tells me the place is small, not very busy. They took a table with open ones around it to stay close to me. Stan explained we were where to park and what side of the place to sit on, if possible. Now, a plan in place, they take off for the mom and pop restaurant I finished pumping gas and sat at the car for about 15 minutes to let the twins get into position. When I had got there, I went inside and I started towards the area Stan told me. Then I seen the two guys are here and they sat in the far back corner next to the door to the kitchen. Seeing that, I know one of these guys are well acquainted with the restaurant. The nephew stands up and introduces himself. Welcome, I'm Nick, the boss's nephew, and this here is Anthony, the guy I told you about. I greeted them and sat down. We first placed food orders, then Anthony began to tell me about the fallout from the big government RICO cases and how his family bossed their hierarchy in jail. The boss, the underboss, the consigliere, and three capitals. They were hit really hard with all and fighting amongst each other started right away. The guy that became acting boss claimed the boss installed him. The problem is we can't confirm this because the boss is in solitary confinement. No one's allowed to see him. So there's been more and more tensions in the organization. A mini war could break out in the organization and the acting boss keeps stirring up trouble. I then asked Anthony and Nick to fill me in on the guy's personal and business activities. That way I can find a way to take care of this without causing a huge problem for us. Now this is the part of my job that is the most risky, the problem solving. Getting finished with the conversation, I looked over at the twins and gave them the nod to head out. I told Nick to let his uncle, the boss, know he has nothing to worry about. Then the three of us stood up, shook hands, and departed the restaurant. I drove to the gas station to meet up with the twins. 
At the gas station, I told them to go ahead and head back. I had to stop on the way back. I had something I needed to check into. We got in our cars and left out. The twins drove directly back. I went on to make my stop. I went to talk to someone that Anthony had mentioned during our conversation. The acting boss has an ex-wife from when he was young. There's been a couple of ex-wives since her, but this one has some of the most damning information about him. I'm hoping she might be able to give me that information and it can be useful. She lived outside of an Amish community, so when I pulled up to her house, I seen the curtains move a little bit. No one ever comes out here, I can imagine. But that's good news for me, at least she's here. I got out of the car and walked up to the door. Instead of knocking, I talked through the door, taking a chance she would be listening and would open the door. So I told her through the door that I was contracted to take her ex-husband down and I just had a couple of questions for her and that I am not here to harm her in any way or to make threats to her. No one can know I am here, I had told her. I had emphasized no one can know I was here. So I stood there a few minutes in silence, just waiting. And as I was just about to turn and walk away and go back to my car, she says to me, you really gonna take him down? And I answered, yes, the powers of be wanted. That's what has to be done. She opened the door a little with the chain on. I stood back by the porch rail, not to be looking over aggressive. I told her he really is in deep shit she told me she wasn't surprised by that. He was the type that would sell his mother to get power. She told me he has a real problem chasing women, couldn't stay faithful, like the young girls and the drugs and things. She had really gave me some insight into this guy. I thanked her for her time and I left for home. On the drive, I worked on a plan and by the time I got to my house, I had one well started. I just needed to bounce it off someone to refine it and get the rougher parts smoothed out. After I got home and settled in and rested up, I got the crew together to go over everything. The election, the New York, and our other business ventures. We gathered in the living room and as I started with the election, T-Bone was excited by telling me the mayor we picked is doing exceptionally well in his mayorship run. Looks like he's a lock. And the other races, we are in the lead but one. Stan tells me not to worry. The competition is gonna start falling in the polls, he says. So with the election going well, we moved on to our other various business ventures. All as usual, we're running like a well-oiled machine. That I like to hear. For once, something good going into this chaotic time I'm in. And as we discussed the Chicago problem, nothing has happened up to this point. So now, the New York job. I told the crew what the nephew Nick and Anthony filled me in on. The Bonanno family is split, but there are more that support the capital over the acting boss. The guy strong-armed himself into the position, and he used the Luchasis boss for backup, which is already in dispute in that family of him bossing. This whole thing is gone deeper than I thought it had. It's a takeover by two people for consolidation of power. No more commission, just these two wanting to take it over. 
the Chase's boss and the acting boss of the Bonanno family. So then I told my guys what the ex-wife of the acting boss had let me in on. They had smiles on their face knowing about the drugs and women. Now, this will play into our favor greatly. Now, I got to get all these elements pulled together and get this job done. So I called Bear and had him give me use of two of his girls. And then I called the boss and got him to have the Luchisa's boss and the acting boss meet him in a hotel bar. Now, with everything in place, here's how it played out. The two bosses showed up to the hotel bar just as I planned. They went to the table I had set up. They sat down, ordered what I predicted they would. And as the waitress returned with their order, part two of my plan kicked in. The two girls loaned to me just happened to be sitting at a table near the two bosses. I knew it wouldn't take long for the bosses to engage the girls. I had the waitress put a little additives to their drinks to help my plan go along. I don't want them to be aware of the time, seeing that Columbo boss is not going to show up. The girls worked their side of the plan perfectly. They got the bosses eating out of their hands right now. The girls talked up the bosses, and at last, they headed up to the hotel room the girls had. And after the four were in the room, for just over an hour, the girls had the bosses coked up and naked. When all of a sudden, the door opened by management for the police. They had been called there over a disturbance with possibility of violence call. As the cops just entered the room, gunshot sounds go off. Cops return fire. All four were hit, and just as the cops stopped firing, one last pop went off, and then the cops one more time ensuring the two bosses were dead and the girls, well, I'm going to have to replace those for a pair, I guess, but that's what happens in times of war. Now, the investigation was paid for. I placed money into the right hands and used the right people to put a whole narrative out through the media. And as far as the public knew, the two criminal bosses were caught in a hotel with drugs, guns, and young prostitutes. And instead of surrendering, a gun battle had broken out. It was what was in the police report and what the media had reported. This whole thing is about to go away with little pushback. In the aftermath of the boss's death, part three of my plan began. See, I knew that the Bonanno family would put up the capital that was friendly to the commission, but the Lucas's family's underboss was the next in line, and I was unsure he would be a friend to the commission. While the plan was going through part one and two, I grabbed up the underboss of the Lucis family and introduced him to this messenger. I duct taped him to a chair and forced him to watch as I tortured and slowly dismembered his bodyguards in front of him. Then I kindly let him know what he witnessed here I will do to his entire family. His kids, his mom, his grandmother. I will wipe out his whole family out of existence. There is nothing that will stop me. With that, he was on board. My reputation as death's messenger is starting to pay off. 
Now with another shakeup, the five New York families had a meeting to get everything straightened out and get back to their families' businesses. But they just spent two days arguing and fussing over all kinds of problems. It seemed no one was willing to work with one another. They all wanted their own thing, pushed, pulling, trying to garner more power than others. The Colombo boss and the Gambino boss put a halt on the meeting for a few hours. While the meeting was halted, the Gambino and Colombo bosses caught me as I was getting ready to head back home and had me wait for them at a corner cafe. I was there long enough to get a refill on coffee when they showed up. The two wasted no time in telling me how no one is willing to work together. They all want a bunch of unreasonable demands. They need a mediator to help them get through this and resolve it. And they wanted me to do it. I told them if I do this i want full recognition of me and my crew as an independent organization we answer to no one the two bosses agreed and now if i can get this problem fixed the other three families should agree with the gambino and colombo bosses so i'm a lock-in so i leave the cafe with the bosses to go back to the meeting when we get there, i had the bosses go in before me and just sit down and stay quiet 10 minutes is sitting there. The other bosses are questioning them what's going on. The three are getting aggravated with them because the other two won't say a word. And then I walk in with a thick file in, in one hand and in the other hand a Tech 9 machine gun. All five bosses look at me in shock and some even a little terror in their faces. I opened the file folder and stood there looking at the file folder and at each of the crime bosses. I began. The five of you cannot agree on anything. It looks to be there's a need for a chairman of the board to moderate between your families with no invested interest in one family or another. I further explained to them that if they cannot work things out, the implications could be all their families getting destroyed, no winner, just all losers. They looked at me speechless, not understanding that how I could be so abrupt with them. I then told them, I'm stepping out, you discuss it and let me know what you decide. And then I just left the room. While I, I waited for them to get their shit together, I sat in an office next to the meeting room and had a tumbler of bourbon and a cigar. Some time had gone by when they finally finished. I went back in and stood at the end of the table again and let them talk. It had been decided that I would be put as head of the commission. I'm the outsider that's highly respected. I have no dedication to any of their families. I have no dog in this fight for them. So now that I am the chairman of the board, part three is complete. I spent the next nine hours though, getting all their grievances out and providing solutions to most of them. So when I left, a whole new underworld is about to rise. Word spread quickly due to underworld that now a godfather. I was giving the west side of Chicago, which pissed off the boss of Chicago. I didn't give a fuck. As long as he stays away from me and my crew, there'll be no problems. 
except not even three weeks after the meeting the chicago boss sent a hit out on me and my crew now tensions are mounting I don't need a war with Chicago right now. The election's only a month away, and I cannot have any negative issues come up to ruin my candidate's winning. I have my guys on high alert. I have no time to revel in my gains of power, seeing that I am on track to gain even more power, if I can avoid a war, that is. This was Part 3, The Power. Please come back in two weeks for Part 4, The Reckoning. Thank you for listening to Stories That Are Made Up, hosted by Dad from the Coffee Bar Stories Podcast. There will be a new story every two weeks. Tune in then. This has been a DTZ Entertainment Presentation. Hi folks, I'm Dad. And I'm Son. We are the host of Coffee Bar Stories Podcast. And season two starts this November, and with that, we've added my brother Bubba to help host the show. And we also have added new stories and some special extras. We are really looking forward to entertaining you this season. Coffee Bar Stories is a DTZ entertainment presentation. Rebel Radio Show, Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time, DJ CO1.